Welcome to another episode of the Nuclear Medicine Molecular Medicine podcast, and we're here in Vancouver at the Society of Nuclear Medicine meeting. And like we try to do every year, we have what I consider the highlight of the meeting, and that's the image of the year uh, recipient winner, and that's Joanna uh, Dinkman, and she's going to tell us a little bit about her wonderful, unique, special image. And um, so uh, before we get to that, I'll just, yeah. uh, just if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So, uh, hi. hi. <laughs> um, I'm Johanna. I'm from Hanover Medical School. I work with uh, Frank Bengel. He's my boss. <laughs> and I'm currently um, in my fifth year in nuclear medicine and I'm finishing my specialization on nuclear medicine this year. Um, that's how we do in Germany. And right. then I'm a fully, fully qualified nuclear medicine physician afterwards. Yeah. Right, and, and you did this on, on cardiology. I've known Bengals work for, for neurology previously, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, but uh, uh, you've done a, this is a cardiac image now. Yes. Uh, tell me a bit about this cardiac image, what did it show and how was it done? Yeah, well, um, um, we all know the new puppy traces, right? Um, you some, We've already done a podcast on Image of the Year, and, yes, and so, it's also used for, it's now starting to be used for um, theranostics yep, and so on. Yep. So, uh, of course, it's primarily designed for oncologic imaging, but um, yeah, as we know, fibroblasts or activated fibroblasts are yeah, in so many processes in the whole body, and they Absolutely. have have so much to do throughout the body, and also in cardiac disease, and yes. this is a huge research topic in general at the moment, also regarding the um, development of new therapies, uh, we see um, a huge dynamic on the um, cardiovascular research field in uh, fibrosis. Uh, right, so, so when, when, the, when you get fibrosis in, a, in, in the cardiac tissue, often as a result of what, an insult like a yeah. ischemia and so on? Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. Um, uh, that reduces the ability of the heart to yeah. contract properly and, and, it right. forms, and it also forms a, an odd shape to the heart which makes it hemodynamically yeah. uh, not yeah. suitable. Would that be correct? Yeah, so, so um, for example after injury, which can be ischemic injury due to myocardial infarction, there are fibrotic um, um, cells activated in order to yeah, build a scar. But sometimes we see something that's called excessive fibrosis or also interstitial fibrosis where the fibroblasts, yeah, maybe do too much and um, where they not only repair the scar but also lead to kind of a stiffening or less contractility of the left ventricle and then it can lead to a worse functional cardiac outcome and ultimately lead to heart failure. Right, and uh, yeah, so cardiac fibrosis is one of the more common forms of uh, causes of heart failure and heart failure is almost replacing ischemic heart disease as, as, as a leading cause of cardiac death, isn't it? Yeah, that's true, that's true. I think the uh, acute treatment of heart attacks is so good nowadays. Yes. Um, um, there is a high standardization and it's working very well yes. with the radioscalization therapy and everything. But um, maybe the early um, early um, cellular processes after the infarct are undertreated. Right. What's happening on the molecular or cellular level. Um, there could be some some point where we could intervene with new technologies or therapies uh, to more improve the outcome of uh, heart attack patients. 
symptoms. Right, so there are therapies that can reduce this fibrosis? Yes, there are some emerging therapies. Right. Uh, we have a collaboration with the colleagues from the University of Pennsylvania, yes. and they recently published in Science a great, great work on CAR T cells. Oh, yes, that, absolutely. That uh, target uh, fibroblasts. So Oh, on well, the same cells we use right. in right. So. right, right. <laughs> so there is also something going on there, and there are also other immunotherapies against maybe fibrosis. It's emerging, so it's not, not ready yet, I think. But what we would uh, find great uh, as application for PET scans is maybe to identify patients who would be suitable for such kind of antifibrotic right. therapies. And of course, well, CAR-T therapy is notoriously expensive, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so you want to be selecting people very carefully yes, for it. we should do that. <laughs> right, so, so this, that makes it a perfectly good thing. Okay, so we've got, we've got an imaging agent that can pick up fibrosis, um, but your image didn't just show that imaging agent. What else did it show? Um, yeah, we, we looked specifically at the heart. We had... Um, a patient with acute myocardial infarction um, who underwent revascularization therapy and we did uh, several imaging things. So we, on the one hand, took, um, took um, myocardial perfusion imaging. Right. And like, how, how was that done? Um, that was done um, about five to seven days after the infarction. The patients were still in the hospital and underwent a rest myocardial perfusion scintigraphy like standard right so spec yeah spec scintigraphy in order to to obtain the infarct area size to know where there's still a hypervascularization or hyper hyperfusion and, and then in a same yeah we tried to do that on uh, on um, on the next day so that there's not a huge time difference between the imaging modalities they underwent a PET scan yes. with gallium far P46, yes. which we kindly uh, got the pre precursor from Heidelberg, yes. from Uber and that was also easily done. You inject it intravenously, you wait one hour, and then do the image. And that's kind of imaging uh, with FDG from the clinical right. um, so, part. Yeah. So, what would you like to see in this, in this patient? What would you like to see in terms of matching up the perfusion abnormality to the to the um, fibroblast, the CAPI image? Yeah, um, um, the first ones, we were not sure what we would see. We speculated that we would definitely see a high uptake in the infarct region. Yes, uh, that, well, we'd that's like to see sure. that, that yeah. because that's, that's <laughs> normal repair, right? That's right, and so that should be the case. It was the case. And what was new is that we also saw a huge area around uh, the injured uh, area and, and that's something we did not know so far so there is also a fibroblast activation in the surrounding tissue we don't know yet maybe it's the area at risk right something like that we don't know that yet we have to figure but it so out. you want to do a, a sample of people to see yeah. who goes on to, to have cardiac failure who goes on to have um uh, but you but there's other things you probably could do i mean you could mm -hmm. do ultrasound Ball, yes, yes. Those sorts of things as well. We also did that in part of the patients. That's <laughs> okay. true. Yes. So um, the one interesting thing uh, when you, when we're talking about wall motion, um, we also looked at uh, the wall thickness yes. um, from the MRI. Yes. We also did, and there we found um, 
differences in the contractility of, uh, of the different um, hub positive or hub negative areas. So there seems to be a local effect of the hub positive areas in the myocardium on the contractility and the function. Right, right. So you've got a you've got a you know a functional aspect, and you can match them up. And if you see an area that's much bigger than the perfusion mm -hmm. defect, then you're going to say, "Aha, this person might need some yeah. some CAR T therapy." If it's smaller than right. or, the, or the same size as the as the perfusion defect, mm -hmm. then probably that's just normal. And although maybe you want to look at maybe you want to do this six months later. Mm. Or twelve months yeah. later to see yeah. whether see whether we've That's got true. we've got still got uh, fibroblasts yeah, in yeah, the way yeah, doing yeah. damage. Is, is that something you've got in the plan? Um, what we are doing is uh, that we look at uh, follow up MRIs at the moment, yes. so functional uh, follow up after about six months. We already have some preliminary data on the LVEF from echo or MRI, and we found a significant inverse correlation of the fab volume in the myocardium and the later ejection fraction. Uh, more fibrosis, less function. Right. Yeah. Did you do any flappy scans delayed? To look at? No. Not at the moment, yeah, but we maybe plan that. Um, yeah, not at the moment, it's not ready yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, it, but I guess you'd want to see whether it's an ongoing chronic problem. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would be highly interesting to have later fibro scans also to, to uh, follow up. Um, local changes with FAPI also. Um, at the moment we are doing it with the MRI because of uh, radiation and so on. Right. Always. And then we would uh, need to do another study, official study. <laughs> right, then you have yeah. to get three ticks of this radiation. Maybe, maybe you will do that as next step. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, that's a, that's a, that's, a, uh, that's a really cool, different approach. I mean, it's great to see something used in oncology Mm -hmm. Be taken yes. over the cardiac, and, and, yeah. and not only well, it's not only oncology in terms of in terms of therapy, but it's also oncology yeah. in terms of therapy. Yes, so, right. right. There are so. some some uh, similarities there, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of functional imaging, right? Yes, that's what I like about it. Yeah. So we are finding new targets and use the imaging to select patients for proper therapy. I think that's great. Have you thought about using it in? musculoskeletal disease, for example, or, um, or plastic surgery, or all those sorts of things. I thing. think there's a lot of possible application. I think some uh, German colleagues are looking at um, um, also atherosclerosis and so on. So there's fibrosis. It's all, yeah, <laughs> you can do everything. I think probably uh, probably hypertension. Everything, yeah. All of those kinds of things you you, you could possibly use yeah. it for. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. You have to figure that out. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> there's lots of disease processes that involve fibrosis. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's of high interest. Yeah, I mean, um, in the in the um, images, it is always more. I think a very specific uptake, which is good in general. If yes. you want to do therapies, and it's always a high uptake based on the SUB, mm -hmm. right? So these uh, might be good um, conditions in order to have also the specific therapy there and not harm too much any other um, processes or physiological processes. Right. You did say used in other vascular, perhaps aortic aneurysms mm -hmm. or other sorts of things? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I right. have not done that yet. Right. <laughs> but I'm thinking, you know, where, any place where you want to yeah. see that there's something um, mm -hmm. in terms of in terms of removing the elasticity that leads yeah. to a yeah. to a, a 
Netflix, yeah. yeah. What we are also doing is uh, we looked at, or we are currently looking at patients who um, have aortic stenosis and due to that uh, have uh, yes. heart failure. Right, and they have stiffening of the, yeah, the heart right. walls and they have thickening of the myocardium as well. Yeah. Right. We also looked at some patients, that only 18 at the moment, um, but um, we figured out there are huge differences in the amount of detected fibrosis um, in the heart in these patients. And um, for them it could also be interesting to have maybe, let's say, an earlier option in the, in the duration of the disease um, to get earlier treatment because um, then these people are often asymptomatic for a very long time. Yes. And then the only thing you can do is to replace the valve. Yes. And, and then um, if you replace it too late, yeah. then, you, then, then, then you've already got that yeah. permanent and yeah, the remodeling can be irre irreversible at a certain time point, also regarding fibrotic processes and so on. So it would be great to know earlier what's going on. And perhaps even in more pediatric applications, like rheumatic fever and so on. Yeah. And that, would, that would also <laughs> quite nicely fit with that situation, yeah, wouldn't it? that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot of different things you could... Yes. You, you <laughs> just... I'm, you know, well, I don't know. What's it? <laughs> What's a, a cornucopia of, of things that come <laughs> yeah. out you know, in terms of the start of by, by just thinking a little bit outside the box. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, it's crazy that people haven't been doing this earlier. And we didn't have to think about it. I, I think um, we had the idea right in the beginning. I mean, we are, we are primarily um, cardiovascular researchers in Hanover with Frank Bengel and also James Zachary, who is the preclinical stuff, and me now also. And um, when the new Fabi tracers came, we were immediately thinking about cardiac applications and um, first patients were already scanned to 20 or something like that, so... Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for taking part in the podcast. Anything yeah. else you'd like to say or are relating to this or...? Uh, UTI medicine is a great job. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> Lots of fun and you can do cool stuff. So where can yeah. we find out more about this? Have you published... Uh, where, where yeah, we find it's this? published in JNL. Yes. And uh, we also had a, a earlier uh, selection uh, case report or extended case report in Jack Cardiovascular Imaging, oh, I yeah. think, in 2.21. Yep. You can also find the work there. Excellent. All right. Thank you very much. And yeah, thank, thank you for that. Awesome. And congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>